0: Three, two, one.
1: Um, those That'll might do. be the best claps I've ever done. Be practicing from last week.
2: It, it's almost like we've been doing this for eighty weeks straight, and we might get <laughs> uh, a little bit of practice. <laughs> it's almost like well,
1: it, three claps times eighty. It's almost like you clap two hundred and forty times when someone says Oh, we clap more one. than that though. We <laughs> have to add like. 10 more on I think. Not that is true yeah if like we call 30 it like, more yeah <laughs> it's called a 300 you
2: You've, you've clap 300 times someone says SF321 it's almost like it's a reflex action at this point
0: you're like Pavlov's dog if so, someone in the street shouts 321 at you you're gonna start clapping <laughs> sounds
3: like a prank that Jim would do in the office like tra- train Dwight
0: up say that he did that didn't he with um the coins mint. in the phone Is no that... oh the coins in the phone was another good one but he did yeah. it with mint
3: yeah the mint every time he mentioned
0: the... oh when his beep went off or something yeah yeah
3: i think there was one where it was like a certain sound that his computer made oh yeah when it did
0: like a force restart or something yeah or it logged off yeah it was yeah some sound that was, that was good. a good bit yeah. this is the worst music podcast on the internet to look at. On the show this week, I'm joined by James. Hello. Tom. Howdy. And special guest, Freddie. Hi there. Welcome to the show. On the show this week, we're going to be reviewing the new album by Oliver Sim. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about, but first, let's get into the news. Tom, what have you got for us?
2: In the news this week, Cobalt has signed a new licensing deal with Meta. Um, Cobalt Music Publishing owns over seven... I've put their seven thousand thousand songs, so it's in 7 million. I don't think it's that many. It's 700,000, according to my actual notes. Um, Cobalt signed a music licensing deal with Meta uh, very, very recently. They've struck a new deal after a long-term deal in June um, expired unexpectedly. It should have been renewed, and it wasn't. Um, music licensing, for anyone who doesn't know, if you um, ever use a little uh, music sticker or on uh, Facebook stories or on Instagram stories, uh, which includes music, any company that owns the rights to a song has to make a deal with uh, Meta in order for that music to be used. Same applies for uh, YouTube and for Twitter and for Snapchat and any other places where you may include music uh, in user-created content. Basically, that licensing deal says, unless you okay it with us and unless we say you can use this artist's music, you can't use it at all and we're going to come after you and sue you. So, um, so it's in the interest number one of platforms like meta to make these licensing deal to begin with to make sure that users can access music that they expect to get from famous artists that they follow and also for publishing companies like cobalt to be able to distribute their music and say yep this is available on platforms um, anyone who wants to use this music can use it in their own content um what's interesting here is what i alluded to earlier the fact that there was a long-term deal which was in place for a while and according to music business worldwide which is my source for this one that deal expired unexpectedly in june there seemed to have been some sort of disagreement between the two parties they couldn't come to terms um to create a new arrangement and the deal just expired which meant that a whole list of very well-known artists i suspect just disappeared um, from public platforms. Uh, like I said, there's a, there's over seven thousand. No, it's not seven thousand, it's seven hundred thousand songs, um, which Cobalt own, which includes the rosters of in no particular order, Childish Gambino, um, Eric Diplo, erica Abadu, Father John Misty, Phineas, Food Fighters, John Denver, Lonely Island, Lord, Mahalia, Marshmallow, Max, Martin, uh, Panic at the Disco, and I'm sure there were a couple of others I spotted there earlier. Anyway lots of acts Paul McCartney and Phoebe Bridges was the other one and Skrillex uh, and Stevie Nicks and 30 Seconds <laughs> to Mars <laughs> and Trent Reznor and The Weeknd and the point, Yo Tom. Gotti whoever they are lots welcome of them welcome anyway. new
0: podcast Tom names every artist you've ever heard
2: of yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Wikipedia page of every known music artist since 1962 um, the, all of the artists have received an email uh, which has been uncovered by Cobalt, which basically says Uh, In so many ways, you can expect your music to return to Meta's platforms shortly. Um, So they have definitely been gone for a while, um, but it's very interesting. Nothing much to report there. It's just that this is is a very standard, typical deal that happens in the music industry all the time. It's just strange that this one elapsed with no reason given. I can only suspect that there was something to do with payments or something to do with usage rights or whatever it was that... Um, Cobalt didn't like and they decided to not renew the deal with Meta until they got their act sorted. But there we go. Cobalt signs a new deal with Meta after the previous one elapsed uh, about four months ago.
0: Right. Let's get on to our review for this week. We're looking at Hideous Bastard by Oliver Sim. It's the debut album well the debut it's the debut solo album from Oliver Sim who's one of the three members of the XX along with Jamie XX and Romy. The album was released on the 9th of September, 2022 on Young. It's 10 tracks long and 34 minutes and 10 seconds in length. It's come out after quite a weird gestation period where over lockdown, Romy announced she was releasing a new album and then released a single Lifetime, which is great, but then didn't follow that up with anything for what getting on for, I think it's over two years now, right? Then Jamie XX released a single and has now released I think two more singles since then and sometime after all of that Oliver Sim has kind of rushed down the inside track and done all of his album lead up and released the whole record so as an XX fan it's been a bit of a roller coaster over the last few years but that's kind of where we've how we've come out to this record so let's start off general thoughts what did we think of the album James you've been off the show for a few weeks kick us off
1: I'm sure I was there last week, but okay. Um, Were you? I didn't have my camera on, but I was definitely there last week. Oh wow, <laughs> my brain's just fried. I was only. I'm wow. sorry. <laughs> <week. laughs> um, that's fine though. Um, yeah. Um, I, to be honest, going into this, I wasn't like. I didn't really have any expectations. Um, but just to put it simply, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's a pop album, but it's just like a pop album that I, I really enjoyed. It's like probably one of my favorites of this year. Um, I feel like there's like so much variety and I also feel like the instrumentation works really well, which is obviously, um, kind of expected from his background in the XX, um, as a bassist. Um, and yeah, the bass is like really good. You can actually hear it. Um. <laughs> And you can, there, there's some, yeah, there's some movement with it. There's some actual bass lines, you know, Um, and the synth is really good. And then the piano comes in every now and then, which is, I. this is one of the, al- usually when I'm l- reviewing these albums, I don't hear the singles that much. Um, But for this album, I feel like I have heard the singles. Um, I ha- I have heard some of the tracks on this album. And I think that's, that hasn't actually um, dulled my listening experience. It's actually kind of improved it. I I noticed songs, I'm like, oh, I've heard that one before, and I enjoy that one. Um, and I think it's just a testament, really, to the tracks really themselves, how good they are. Another thing that I didn't expect as much is just, like, the Jeff Buckley tone in his voice. I don't know if it's just me who heard that, but I did hear that, and... I heard that throughout as well. Even though the tone of his voice, um, and the general sound of it, is just it changes a lot throughout the album, which I just really enjoyed. And and sonically, it, the the songs change as well. Um, and speaking of that, it is not actually too long. Um, it is compact on like last week's album. Um, I can confidently say that i enjoyed all of the songs i will say i probably won't have much to say on each of the tracks it's just i like them and i'm not really sure why um but i yeah i just don't think there's anything in the album that doesn't need to be there and i think that's obviously that's a that's a great positive um for a project like this so yeah really enjoyed it this week Tom Like
2: a real life crime documentary this has um intrigued me in a way I didn't expect um <laughs> The, 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 this I thought we were going go down a different route with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's it. This is just the, the kind that of was, the... it was really a metaphor.
0: That kind of it could have gone any way. Yeah, I and I, I, I left it quite tame because like the
2: mass effect of metaphors, <laughs> <laughs> it can branch out. Wherever. It's just like it, it just intrigued me. It's just the truth. Like it, it, the reason I say that in particular, this is a dark album. It's not dressed up like one, but it does feel quite dark. I hear a lot of. Um, self-loathing in a lot of the tracks and in track titles a very very obvious theme to kick off with and i went this makes me feel a bit uncomfortable um and then that tone starts to shift and there's lots of um sort of spooky and dark and what's the right word self-interested elements i hear lots of a really massive vocal range and i hear lots of composition work and it feels like a really um almost obsessive piece of music and a really obsessive album like it's been finagled to the nth degree but also there's a lot of stuff that i like on this I, i immediately picked up on a lot of influences from john grant or at least in my ear it's got this sort of um i don't know theater to it it feels a little bit melodramatic and it feels a little bit um sort of extreme like you know planets are gonna die unless i get my feelings out kind of scale um which was fun i kind of liked it um i felt that sometimes the lyrics were very on the nose but i loved the vocal style i love the vocal range um the really dark deep almost um guttural vocals which are back up the main melody line was delicious those couple of times that it came through i love the mix of um synths and piano sounds with some great bass lines in the back doesn't need any guitar so i don't mind that it doesn't have any i know you know i am saying that the the biggest guitarist in the group it doesn't matter um that there are no guitars on this um the other thing i like is that there is no it's not that there is no filler, but every song has a purpose on the album, which is really nice. Um, 35 Minutes is also a really good length as well. 10 tracks, in and out. This feels nice and well put together. This is an album that I think will grow on me quite significantly um, in the same vein of, again, sort of... Uh, well, again, actually, like John Grant, that kind of vein of slightly melodramatic, theatrical... Um, Camp male solo artist album. The other thing as well is that admittedly I'm a bit thick and I wouldn't have picked up on it anyway, but I wouldn't have known that Oliver Sim was from the XX anyway unless you told me. Um I just assumed this was a sort of just strange and odd, self-loathing debut album. But it's cool. I like it. Freddie, what's your general thoughts?
3: Yeah, I'm i kind of on Tom on a lot of those points. I thought that it was it felt kind of very melancholy throughout. Um, there was a lot of kind of, it It felt like, it seemed like music that he wanted to write for years. Like it feels like it's rich in history of his own, like kind of so, um, his life and sort of how he struggled with different things. Um, and almost just the timing of the album just feels like, he's like okay i'm ready to talk about this now um and so it's quite nice like even with the kind of as you were saying tom like the self-loathing parts of it there were some bits which kind of like it almost like the opening track um hideous is just sort of it feels very like somber very kind of self-loathing very like i've been in a dark place but does sort of have a kind of um like ending which is a little bit more positive and think like actually you know i that is how i felt but like i'm getting through that now um and so there was some nice bits throughout it where you kind of went on that journey of his like personal journey um and sort of discovered a bit more about his personal life um which was quite interesting because you don't often get that on tracks um, you know, it's not often that you feel like you can connect with an artist based on the lyrics. Um, well, I don't feel like that with much of the music I listen to. Maybe that says more than my music taste. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was really good. I think like on a whole kind of album level, I would have just liked, cause there were some like more uplifting songs throughout and more kind of, uh, kind of exciting beats and exciting synth action, but like I would have liked that maybe a bit more interspersed because I did feel like you hear about five kind of tracks in a row, which all kind of have the same sort of, uh, emotion and the same sort of melancholy throughout. And I almost felt like it just needed maybe just a few more kind of ones to be like, okay, let's shake that off. Okay. And reset. And, uh, kind of have a bit more of a positive take but obviously this is his project and and he's designed the album how he wants but yeah just for me i would have liked a bit more kind of of those sort of more exciting ones like gmt and fruit just kind of um intersperse
0: a little bit more to break up those other ones yeah so i'm coming in at this i think like Freddy, is kind of a big fan of the xx right where I love the band. I See You, I think, is their best album. Like, they're just getting better and better. Oh, yeah. Jamie XX's In Colour is one of my favourites. His other solo stuff is great. My big worry for this record going in was that I was worried it would feel a bit like the XX light. Like, because mm. you never quite know what you're going to get from a solo artist kind of coming out of a big band after such a long run. Like, their debut came out in, what, 2009? So it's oh, been yeah. over a decade. And now he's coming out to do his first solo material. Um, But it really does feel like his own well-thought-out project without kind of putting existing fans off. Like, it it still has everything that makes his songwriting great, but it develops it in different ways that he just wouldn't have space to do within the confines of the XX where Jamie's trying to do his own thing, Romy's trying to do her own thing, and it all has to kind of fit into the time. I think, like others have said, it's tight, it's focused. That there's no filler on here. It's 35 minutes. It really gets in and out, but goes through a lot of different material in that time. For me, the, the second half is stronger. I think I just find it more enjoyable. Those are the kinds of tracks that talk to me. But I think the sequencing, to an extent, works, because it does kind of take you on this journey from the kind of more downtrodden... R&B influenced first half to kind of the more uplifting dancey second half that does offer kind of more of those rays of hope along the way. So I, you know, I think partly also it, it leaves me with a really positive taste in my mouth. A lot of the time you listen to an album and you're like, ah, oh, it's front loaded. And by the time you get to the end, you're, you're a bit down on the whole record because you've just listened to like the five tracks that you like less than everything else it being this way is like every time i listen to it i'm really positive at the end because all of the like the really strong tracks are at at that back end but overall yeah i think it's just a a great inventive pop record that experiments more than i thought it would that has more different sounds than i thought it would and and it just works more than kind of I would think if you told me what the influences were going to be, that it's all of a Sim, like it just comes together really well. Right. Let's go track by track. It opens with hideous. Um, that kind of the, the instrumentation on it is really lovely because you've got strings, but then you've also got synths, but all of the synths are kind of the envelopes are tuned so that they're like strings, like they're st- pretending to be strings which makes it kind of blend together into this really nice like kind of cohesive whole i mean you get it across the record but the kind of drum machine sounds as well i think it's a really like it's a strong choice because they're simple but they just kind of play against everything so well and he kind of presents later on we'll get into it some actual drums and then you come back to the drum machines and it's kind of this nice it just perks your ears up every time it kind of switches up and the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, Jimmy Somerville, who features on the track, his falsetto is such a nice counterpoint to Oliver Sims, more kind of realistic or more spoken like tone to his singing. They kind of they are really stark in the different approaches, but they come together really nicely on the track.
2: The yeah, um, other thing about drums as well, the they're mixed really subtly. They're really quiet in the overall track. Like they're very easily overpowered in the chorus, which I think was a de- deliberate choice. They are a um, rhythmic tool more than they are a song tool, shall we say? Like you know, it's, they have, he hasn't put, just put drums in there for the sake of having drums. He's done them just to keep the rhythm, and they're there in the background just pulsing. Um, i love like you said well the arrangement of the Sims. it feels like a really cohesive mix of sounds it's not just um a sense that a producer has taken a few different cool sounds and gone oh yeah this sounds really cool this will be, be punchy and it'll get people's attention that's not the point um probably the point is for the lyrics to carry their weight and this is a really heavy track Line one, I'm ugly. <laughs> the hook on the cor- and chorus-, and chorus is maybe I'm hideous. Um, this talks about his HIV diagnosis when he was 17. It's outrageously open. So number one, respect. And number two, it, uh, this set a very specific tone for this album. Um, and coming in blind, I kind of thought, do I really want to listen to the rest of this? Um, And I kind of went, yeah, and hence my analogy earlier, it's like, do I want to see what else is in store here? And do I want to see what the rest of the story is? Um, Which was a really interesting moment. It felt a little bit (sighs) dramatized. Um, Not that it was like, made up or anything, but it did feel a little bit... Um, like a retelling almost I'm not quite sure what I want to say here but it felt a little bit theatrical but I also think that that worked it didn't feel overdone Um, the whole point of the song was for the lyrics to shine and they did definitely
3: I like you, you, the sort of theatrical nature I definitely picked up on there's that sort of bit nearing the end of the song I think perhaps just before Jimmy Somerville's bit where it sort of really intensifies And it almost feels like very cinematic, uh, like there's really heavy synths coming in and it almost like splits the song up into the first half being like the quite somber kind of, yeah, as you say, like the HIV diagnosis and feeling that kind of sense that it carried a label with it and like that people might think he's hideous, Um, which is all very heavy stuff. But then almost when that comes in and then when you've got Jimmy Somerville's um, part, after that it almost feels like a bit more of an uplifting take and he's sort of owning it and saying like almost turning the kind of negative thoughts into something that he owned and something that he's actually come to terms with which is quite a nice like way to finish off that opening track because as you said Tom, I almost heard that first part of the song and just thought oh wow (laughs) that we're in for a long 34 minutes because this is all pretty heavy stuff um but then it almost yeah it did just kind of lighten up at the end um which I was very glad of because I otherwise this is just going to be a real like difficult listen as as much as I loved all of the vocals loved the lyrics and loved all of the production it just it is very heavy song to listen to
1: yeah, I think you guys basically covered everything, really. I I love the vulnerability from him straight out of the gate. Um, and that actually made me excited for the rest of the album, not worried. Um, that might say something about me. But, um, yeah, the lovely tone, low, really low tone of his voice right at the start. But then he still has that emotion in his back pocket. Um with his more yeah, mild mild tones, um, which is really stunning. And then yeah, the it kind of the pitch of the vocals kind of yeah, it gets steadily gets higher throughout the track and then the the falsetto towards the end is just it's just perfect. Um it just sounds so good. Um also the the bass and the drums really stood out for me. It really gave a sense of intrigue um despite the these 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 lyrics that are pretty heavy but it it makes you want to listen on um let's jump on to the next
0: track romance with a memory this was like the first lead single off the record it really has like a to me like that mark ronson modern retro feel to it in, in terms of like the sounds like it the drums and and the piano have a very 70s kind of aesthetic to them. But it does kind of go further than that. It's not kind of the, you know, back to black, like we're going to recreate, you know, Motown, but with kind of added loudness. It is kind of bringing in synths, bringing in more modern, like songwriting flourishes. I think it's like, it's strong. And I think that like, it kind of, it
3: gives you kind of maybe what you wanted a bit more from the first track obviously it's got lots of like really interesting and like different takes but then with with the second track it's almost just like this is solid like this is just throughout it's got that kind of um almost like um power just to be like this is a solid track like yeah I can do experimental this is just like showing that like you know he means business maybe
2: this is um i really really like this track Um I and this is one that really stood out to me um purely because of the way it's composed um firstly that little like piano i don't know what you call it it's like a little repeating tune like an ostinato kind of thing that just sort of comes in during the choruses i love that i also love the way that um he plays with dynamics to move the song along the way the drums come and go and you get sudden stops and you get pauses and they just start and the music starts again at just the right time. Just going for the chorus. And it's just pause. It's really nice to follow that along and to, um, I don't know, Enter His Own with it. It's re- it's a really, really nice song just to have on repeat in the background. This is a great little tune. I really, really like this a lot. Um, The lyrics are also kind of a bit weird and mysterious and the kind of... uh the kind of sort of alt-pop music that I really like. Just like, you know, oh, maybe I was romantic with a memory. Wow, okay. Spooky, weird, slightly generic, tell me more.
3: Yeah, I feel like it's also even that 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 lyric kind of it has that kind of space to put uh, for listeners to to kind of um like put their own kind of experiences onto it. Mm. I quite like that about it. You kind of with the first track, it's like very much like this is my personal experience, whereas the second one it almost allows you to put your own kind of it's it's less um definitive about what he's talking about, uh, and you can definitely like project your like your own experiences onto it and maybe that helps to like with relating even if you're not someone who's gone through what he's gone you've probably gone through something
1: that this track applies to i think that really kind of mirrors what i was about about to say about the vocals um just sonically in the way that in the first track we have this the main the main highlight of the vocals is that they're they're solo and they're kind of shining on their own whereas this track you have have those harmonies, which are like a real highlight to me. Um, they just fit so well together and all of it just is really cohesive and it sounds great. Um, and also the little like descending electronic motifs throughout. It's just, yeah, really cool.
2: The um, other highlight on here was just the bass vocals, as in tenor, baritone, bass, the really low stuff, which backed up the um, main melody line. That felt awesome i've not seen um an do that in a long time and you can tell they it wasn't just like pitch shifted down it was another recording i don't know whether it was oliver sim himself or it was um, another singer who brought in for it but it was really really nice a great little touch
0: the next track is sensitive child um and the drums on here really got me like they have that really raw kind of new york feel to them where it it sounds like it's kind of it's almost like it's just the overheads, but they've been really processed. Like it, it just really like punches to it. And the hook on here just feels different than everything else on the album. Like this is what I'm kind of saying about it. It's pushing in lots of different directions and it feels like it's building beyond what he could do within the confines of the XX. Because if you had something like this on one of those records, and then it was, there was a track where Jamie was going all the way in his direction, that it'd just be too much to kind of contain within that hole but here you he can go out and and do this really interesting hook and then it still fits together
2: the thing that stood out to me on here was the way that it uses different um what's the right term the way it uses different like musical passes like there's an a section and a b section and a c section and a d section and it's really nice how they all fit together and how they all sort of staple together um there's a little um, sort of interlude section um, with some sort of uh, distant vocals. I can feel it when we kiss. I can feel it when we kiss. Where you've got the little piano melody going over top as well. And it's just so pretty. It's a really nicely put together piece of music. I really like this in the way that all different elements fit together. Really well. I didn't even need to like pick up on the vocals at all. I just enjoyed listening to it. It's a pretty track and it's also, again, got soundtrack vibes to it. It feels as though this is the opening four minutes to a video game or a movie and you're moving between different sets and different groups you're going to interact with during the movie. It's really, really nice. Really enjoyed this. Yeah.
1: Um, I found the range of vocals again is. It's so great. Um, and the bass, the sound of the bass and the, the bass line on it, great as well. And the piano is just great. Everything's just so great and works so well together. And I think, Will, what you're talking about, the drums, um, I couldn't put my finger on it. But, yeah, the way you explained it is, yeah, the way I uh, saw it or heard it, yeah, it's just it's just a great sound. Uh, the next track is "Never Here."
0: At the opening, there's this kind of synth that opens the track, and it it goes from sounding like really soft and kind of loving, and then it over the course of the bar, it kind of shifts into being spooky. And I really like that shift. Like it, it manages to do it so effortlessly. It it works so well, and just the general structure of the track, I really liked. Like it has this subtle build to it. Like it, it's not kind of A B A B it just kind of slowly grows and grows till the end and kind of morphs over the course of the track.
1: The symptom this one sounded sounded like an insect almost at the start. It's just like a bit of an odd thing to have throughout the track, but I don't know, it just worked well. It, it kind of goes back to that thing I might said earlier about the atmosphere. It just added an atmosphere it added something extra to the track um and the low vocal harmonies worked really well i will say i think there might be too much like bass in this track because you have got the low harmonies and and the bass bass and I, th- I think the bass guitar might have been a bit too loud but that's just a nitpick um just gen- in general it was a nice sound i
3: thought that though the how low it all was did kind of add to that kind of what will was saying you know quite ominous feel to it that like towards especially towards the end of the track and and sort of yeah i quite i quite like that having that difference of being you know it's quite self-reflective early on in the album and then this one is almost like i don't know just something a bit different something a bit eerie something a bit like um okay I wasn't quite expecting that from uh and so yeah just keeping on adding adding those uh different themes that kind of then does crop up again throughout the album but sort of yeah making that kind of distinct kind of tone that you kind of get a lot of throughout this album which um really interesting I thought like just how it was just um yeah, almost. I th- I like what you said, like spooky or uh,
0: unreliable narrator. I don't really have much unique to say about this one compared to other tracks in the first half. But I feel like it closes out that first half well. Adds some kind of new lyrical themes, but it just kind of musically, I didn't feel like it did anything super different. But it's still, a really enjoyable track. <laughs>
3: I, I the only thing I would add to that is because I again I kind of felt like maybe that one needs another lesson or like it kind of it almost passed by for me but but I almost did think I wonder if the the kind of just the title almost is referring to himself of like his own depiction of of like you know his story throughout the album is he saying that about himself is he an unreliable relate uh, narrator uh, I think if I was giving a kind of quite a deep and personal account of my life since 17, I'd probably be an unreliable narrator. So yeah, I quite like that maybe like
1: self-awareness, uh, if that is the case. Well, it's funny how you mentioned um it's like closing that first first half of the album. Because for me it felt like an end to a like one of those movies that doesn't really have a conclusion on the end. Um kind of like people walking into the sunset but there's no sunset it's like not a happy ending it's just there's kind of an ending but there's the story to go on kind of like um i'm kind of thinking of them quiet place the end of quiet place when the dad the dad dies sorry the dad dies and then
0: (laughs) oilers
3: Um,
1: (laughs) also it's a good example
3: because um it is like that but it's also like a film where they want to leave it kind of closed, but they want to leave it open enough so they could make <laughs> yeah, a sequel. Exactly. And I feel like maybe that sequel is the second yeah, half. Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I, I think that's quite a good way of putting it. Like You have this first half, and then is that going to be the second half? Yeah, there is.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to look at the form of this one. Obviously, it's shorter, so it feels like it's an interlude in everything but name. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Freddie. Just the idea of... The, The idea that it's almost a self-reflective piece and the idea that, I don't know, he's just sort of thinking, well, am I the best person to be telling my story? Um, I've literally just looked up the lyrics now and kind of just skimming through it. In the moment, I really meant it. I try hard to be authentic. Um, What else is there? A born voice, practice, smiles so much so. I I swear it's mine. It sounds like some sort of, I don't know, guys, or some sort of like persona that's being put on. So again, maybe he just realizes that given he's been hiding bits of himself, is he the best person to reveal them uh, to us, if that makes sense. Let's jump
0: into the second half with Saturine. Is that how I pronounce s- that?
2: Saccharine, my gut saccharine says, but I could be wrong. Who knows?
0: Either way, uh, it to me, really feels like Coexist, actually, the XX's second album. It's got the big reverbs, it's got the plucked guitar strings... Mm. Um, but what that kind of more stripped back instrumentation allows is a real focus on his vocal performance. And it, it's so strong here. I feel like on the first half, he's almost restrained. Like he's very much doing the kind of slowly delivered kind of very traditional Oliver Sim type vocal. And here he really lets loose and he's doing lots more stuff and going broader, um, and it it really pays off. I think this is like, for me, is one of the moments where this album goes from every song being solid, but me not being entirely hooked into it, to me really being invested in it at this track.
3: Yeah, I kind of thought that, um like, he is definitely yeah. Like, it, I mean, someone being quite critical about Oliver Sim, I think might might just find his tone a bit dreary maybe just he he really elongates every word and it and it can kind of make it feel quite slow. Um, but yeah I think you're right in this one he's sort of like takes it up a notch and and sort of delivers things a bit quicker and snappier and and it kind of um yeah it does just kind of give you a bit of a different side to him and showing that he does have that range and he can he can take it to different levels too which I was sort of appreciated at that stage in the album as well.
2: There's a lot of um, courage in having a track which has your vocals so exposed and like maybe there's just a little bit of like reverb and like leftover guitar just backing you up and that's all you've got to go on. I really, really admire that because I don't see that enough, um, particularly in pop albums as well, where like the voice and the person is so important and it's so integral to the music. Uh, this was really nice. I really, really like this. It made me feel that this was... What, th- this kind of switched off to Cynic in me. The one that says, oh, it's just going to be 10 tracks, it's going to be the same as usual. And like you said, Will, this was the moment where... Um, I wasn't necessarily hooked, but I did set up, and, set up and pay attention and I thought, right, what else? G- give me a good second half here because this could be something special if it can do
1: that. I think that, that focus on his vocals really accentuated the soulfulness of his vocals. I really thought this song was soulful and I really felt like it's one of those tracks you could just lie down, close your eyes and listen to and kind of just take it in. And I also felt that kind of, that with um, Confident Man, the soulfulness, and almost like Rag and Bone Bone Man-esque. Yeah, well, just like a soulful soulful voice, really. Um, Yeah, just a great sound here.
0: Let's get to Confident Man, then. In the chorus, you get those low vocals, again, that Tom, you were talking about earlier, and it's it's just like a new texture to the album, I feel like. Like, we got it in parts, right? Like, I think there's a moment in Romance with a Memory where you get just the low vocals, but here the whole chorus has that really layered, deep tone to it. It really feels like like something new. And, it, it you know, we're into the sec- second half now and he's still, like, producing here's something you haven't heard yet on this record. Ra-
2: yeah, the vocal range is, again, something that really stands out. The again, bass vocals were just such a nice touch, which I've heard maybe on a couple of tracks every now and again, but it's still so rare and has so much body and it's really unexpected. Um, and again, the vocal range is coming in here. There are a few like wispy, um, high pitched sims, but then there are also lots of harmonies in there as well. He must have like a I don't know if it's all all of a sim. He must have like a four octave range, which is quite rare. Um. And it's really nice to listen to. It feels like it all fits and it feels a little bit peculiar. And again, a bit theatrical. I come back to that term again. It feels a little bit, um, not overblown, but it does feel very dramatic. And it does feel very, uh, yeah, pre-planned effectively. But it's it's a really, really nice composition. I really like this. Um, the hook as well, just a very, very simple repeated line confident man great really nice and it also sort of signals a change in the album like we were saying earlier this is an album about a journey and that was a very good clear signal of how that journey was coming on i sort of i
3: sort of felt like um with this track it almost sort of has that kind of still kind of self-reflection but like now he's sort of starting to see things from a different light and it has that new energy to it, Um, which he's obviously, we're just saying like starting to bring that in with the previous track. But then this sort of returns to some of the themes that were we saw earlier on in the album, but with a kind of fresh look. And I think like what Will you're saying, like he's it's now like, you know, getting towards the back end of the album, but we're still hearing new things, which is like, yeah, just really interesting. I think one of the things about this track is that, and I think it's similar for a lot of the tracks on this album, is that if you sort of just have it on as backing music and you're just sort of doing things around the house or whatever, and not really engaging with it, it probably a lot of them probably could go amiss and you could sort of skip over them and not really take it in much. But it's it's the sort of album where this track and and many others sort of if you do take the time to listen to it for the sake of listening to it, you'll get a lot more from it through those lyrics, through those sort of interesting, um, bass lines and, and the drums, some sort of coming in every now and then. Um, so yeah, I think it's one of those ones where it takes maybe a couple of listens, um, and really does sort of, the more you put into your listening, the more
0: you get out of it as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. A lot of the joy is in the subtleties that don't really reveal themselves the first time you're going through. Let's get on to GMT. I've been waiting to talk about this one. What a hook. He he knows what he's got there, right? Like, he really, like... You can tell he's kind of enjoying it going through. Like, the the intro when he first delivers it and it's got the backing vocals and you think, okay, it's just going to kind of follow the chords along underneath. And then it does the gospel thing where it jumps like an octave up and it, Oh, it's just so good. And he keeps like every time it comes back, it's in some new form and it's, Oh, this is, I think one of the best songs of the year It's so well written.
2: I really, really enjoyed this one. This felt really nice. It's also got a really nice rhythm to it and a really nice pace. It's got this strange, um, I presume some sort of sample ticking clock in the background um, to help drive it along. And I haven't actually checked the BPM, but it's not too far off, like 90 or 120 or like some BPM, which is pretty closely related to um, clock time, as in a clock on a wall. So creatively interesting choice like that. And it's just a really, really nice, powerful, driving pop song, which has got this really nice, mellow indie energy to it. This is lovely, really nice. Uh, And like I said, well, the hook, the first time you hear it, you go, this is dumb. The second time you hear it, you go, actually, it probably isn't. The third time you hear it, you go, this is the best hook I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) It was really, really nice. I love this track.
0: Mathematicians have deliberated it. It's sixty or one twenty Tom for a clock.
2: Yeah.
3: No, nothing else. Okay. Unless you wanna like take it up and, like and go to three sixty, but that's off the off the radar. Well, three sixty would be
0: uh, we're not gonna get <laughs> into that's it like there. three times a second.
3: <laughs> one of those like really fancy watches, maybe. Oh, like a Rolex where it has a smooth yeah, got, like, turn, the, yeah, but yeah. It must have little just. That was my thoughts, but but let's maybe not think about that too much. Um (laughs) I I really loved this track. Um yeah, I I think like for listeners who are sort of familiar with him from the XX and enjoy listening to Jamie XX, it I think it does a lot for those those fans. Um it definitely sort of has especially with the chorus, it keeps coming back, like that definitely feels like um, you can you can definitely feel that kind of XX um, roots to that and and it almost feels like a Jamie XX song. Um maybe I've just been listening to the Jamie XX remix. Did he um,
0: produce it? Because it really he did. has that
3: feel he did. I it. think he did. He did. Um yeah. produced produced, and, I believe,
2: all the tracks on the album.
3: Yeah, so he, it definitely has that feel, um, and it definitely more than some of the other tracks on the album as well um and yeah i would just put put on that like if you haven't heard the jamie remix that just takes it up to another notch like if you like that kind of hook and you like um maybe even a, a little bit of a faster bpm uh that's
0: gonna that's gonna give you something but yeah i loved it loved it i'm glad you brought up the XX and Jamie XX because it really does feel like a modern Jamie XX take on the drums of the their debut album, where it was kind of the big reverby hits to it. It yeah. kind of has that feel, but it's also really synthetic, like "I See You" was. Mm. Like it, yeah. it kind of pulls those two things together in a cool way.
1: Yeah. I hate to be contrary, but this is one of my least favorite tracks on the album. What <laughs> no <laughs> um, controversy. I don't know. I, I feel like I've heard this song so many times in recent time, and just when it opens the, the opening lines, it just goes straight in, and it's just I don't know. It just feels like I've heard it over and over again. It just doesn't put me in the right mood for the track. Um, I also think the vocals just don't sound right. They don't. They don't complement the the. Inter- yeah, the instrument the instruments, the the synth and everything else. I just don't think it works. Um, but I I don't mind it. <laughs> I, I I do sort of
3: in a way see what you mean, just in the sense that the rest of the album is all very emotive and the lyrics are all very deep and powerful. And then you've got this sort of hook, which is essentially I live in the UK <laughs> 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 um, Which I like I can see that. But I think like I don't know, it's it's that, even though it's very generic, like I'm on Greenwich Mean Time, like it's still stuck in my head, and um, yeah, I've,
1: I've just really enjoyed it being in my head, to be honest, yeah, the, rather than finding it annoying. The, the, yeah, the thing is, it is really catchy, it's in my head, even though it's like one of my least favourite songs on the album.
0: <laughs> Let's get on to Fruit the penultimate track on the record uh again it's just another like impeccably written song it feels like he's going for a much more m- kind of modern like recent pop sound to it um and again just hit the production his delivery everything's just like top notch on this one yeah and i think that if you
1: if
3: you kind of listen to GMT and you didn't connect with it as much it's sort of got a similar kind of like pop and sort of like uplifting and exciting feel to it. Uh, but it's got maybe the lyrics are a bit more deep with this one and it's, and it sort of still, it still talks about his personal life with his father. And, um, and so I think that, yeah, maybe this one is one, which is one of the more uplifting ones of the album, but one that maybe unlike GMT, you could connect with more.
1: Yeah, I could connect with this a bit more. I think um, I really liked the general sound of it. It's sound very spring going into summer. Um, it felt a bit more uplifting than the first half, but it still had those themes like you mentioned. Um, and then the electronic um, slides of the synth, like up and down, that really added something. Um, and yeah, I I just enjoyed it. The
2: um Thing that really picked up on was there were just again a couple of little breaks from the form. There were a couple of little like almost like breakdowns for a couple of bars, and then it would launch back into the chorus. Really nice. It showed a real level of craftsmanship in the song. It wasn't just a pop song where you had to put ten tracks together. It was ten tracks that were loved and caressed into being so again i could really see that going through um what would my father do is a really really interesting line just by itself i kind of wanted a bit more focus on that rather than this metaphor of um some fruit or whatever it was i didn't quite (laughs) latch latch with that bit clearly that was one of my least favorite lyrics on the album um but yeah just really nice it also feels something like a closer um, although I wonder whether we could have done a heavier ending or a darker ending, um, which it didn't do, but there we are. And I suppose there's not the closing track. There is one other to go.
0: Let's get on to it now. Run the credits, ends the album. And I wasn't expecting to love this track as much as I've ended up doing, because you'd think, you know, we've got through a lot of the big singles in the last few tracks. We're kind of getting to the end. It It's had a lot of dark themes. That How are you going to wrap that all up? But actually, I I just really fell in love with this one. It's got, right at the start, it's got this, like, vocal sample that has, like, a really modern dance feel to it. Like, it feels like something that Fred again or Fortek could have done. And it's kind of, like, at the beginning, and then it changes throughout, but it's happening underneath everything else, so you can't quite hear how it's it's morphing and changing. And just the hook of... um, even Romeo dies in the closing scene, right? It's just, it's another earworm, like maybe not on the same level as GMT, but it really does latch on after a while. And yeah, I just feel like this is another one of those like killer moments on the album that's going to keep people coming back. And it being that last track is one of those key things where it, it really puts me in a really positive place as we come out of the album, which makes me want to go back to it again, which I feel like not enough artists really consider that, part of the kind of listening cycle of making sure that they worry about getting people in at the beginning but not so much getting them to come back again yeah i
3: i I think like um I started off um talking about how I would have liked maybe what some of those more uplifting ones more interspersed, but actually, I think your point there will is quite interesting and and maybe made me think about it in a different way and like yeah the album does really take you on a journey and and actually that journey for him isn't interspersed with like exciting things. Um and I guess it comes down to as a listener, are you someone who likes to put an album on and listen to it the whole way through? Or are you someone that just, you know, wants to pick out your favorite ones, add them to your playlist and um listen to those probably loads. Um and if if you do that, then you this album certainly has it and you can pick out essentially the last four tracks of the album. Um but if you're someone who really appreciates that journey and uh, and want to connect with the artist, then it's definitely does does that. It kind of takes you on the journey. We've said before it's quite theatrical run the credits like yeah, it's it's you know, the end of the show. Um and <laughs> so yeah, it's sort of wrapped up quite nicely in this one and and sort of almost is like um, a conclusion. It's like, so yeah, I talked about some dark things. I've talked about how I've got through that. And this is sort of like, I'm at peace now.
2: <laughs> Goodbye. I was in two minds about this track. Um, again, it's very on the nose, um, which I think a lot of the songs do throughout. So the idea of just like, oh, well, it's the end of the album. I better write a song about the end of the album. Um, felt a little bit overdone to me but that's probably just because I'm a Rick and Morty fan but there we go um <laughs> I did like some of the lyrical hooks though saying that like at the, at the end the sort of repetition of run the credits let them rain on me I really like that that line for some reason that really latched on to me I think this idea of just opening up to whatever will be said is really refreshing i really really like that a lot this is also a lot brighter than the other tracks on the album i kind of wanted it to go a bit further it still feels like it's pulling from the same vein as the other tracks and i kind of wanted this to be really bright and brilliant and um not anthemic but something ethereal and something bright it's got a few elements in there but i wanted it to go a little bit further um this was
1: good though i like this not my favorite track but it was a good it was a good close Spoilers for Romeo and Juliet, if you haven't, if you don't know that story. Oh yeah, so so sorry.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a big episode for spoilers today. (laughs) We need
2: to cut out some of this. I need to put a disclaimer Uh, at the beginning. If you've not read Romeo and Juliet,
1: please look away now. Don't listen to the album. Um, yeah this this last track just felt like a more classic pop song to me. Um, I guess that makes me like it a little less, but. Really I, I did enjoy it and I think I thought it was a great closer and Yeah, it was on the nose, but it's the last track. It doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants, really.
0: Right. It's time to ask the all important question. I don't think anyone's gonna be surprised to our answers to this. Should our listeners check this album out? James. Yep. Tom.
2: Yes, no doubt.
0: Ready? Oh yeah. yeah i'll add the caveat that if you are just in for the singles go for the latter half you'll get your big tracks there but definitely it's worth checking out all the way through right it's time to rank it as always rankings are down in the description if you want to check those out and as always when we have guests on freddy you don't get a vote but you can try and convince us to change where we might put it so uh i'm thinking definitely top 10 for this i reckon
2: yeah i agree yeah
1: yeah, for me,
3: I'm just looking at your list now, and there's so many good ones up in there. So I, I love this album, but then I'm also looking at like Bonobo fragments at nine, and I'm like, oh, but I, but, but that album is so good. Yeah. Um. So it's such a hard one. Um. I won't try and influence you too much because I think that's an impossible decision, especially, you <laughs> know, it, with, with comparing it to Bonobo, it's very different. Um. And it's not for the same listener. But well. Some I mean I like both. So You'd
0: imagine a lot of their listenership probably crosses it over. It does right?
3: probably. Um but at the same time it's you, you're looking for different things when you're going when you're picking, should I listen to Oliver Sim? Should I listen to Bonobo? But there you go. Tough decision. I wouldn't know what to do.
0: Right. Yeah. Let's just go from number ten. Should it go above Steve Lacey? Mm, yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Should it go above Bonobo? Mm,
1: I'm saying yes. Yeah.
0: It's a tough one, and it might be recency bias, but I'm going to say yes. Should it go above Caitlin or Elias Smith?
1: I'm saying yes. I don't even know why this album is here. I hated it.
0: <laughs> See, I said could, it could go either way with James.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure
1: how you've put that above fragments.
0: <laughs> yes. Sorry. Sorry. It above...
1: Yes, it goes above that.
0: <laughs> you know what? I, I think Caitlin or Elliot Smith should have been higher. I'm going to game the system a bit and say yes, because I think it should go above some of the ones above it, and I want to still have a vote. Should it go above a Bibio sound machine?
1: I listened to this recently, and it's so good. but I I prefer this week over a Bibio sound machine, so I'll say yeah. I also prefer it, yes. I think
0: this is an easier
1: one. I'm going to say yes. Should it go above
0: Kokoroco?
2: No. Hold
1: on just need to oh,
0: myself. A album. Yeah. Oh, the suspense. It's a tough one. I'm going to say, and it might be recency bias, I'm sorry, I'm going to say yes.
1: <laughs> I'm saying yes as well. For any of you playing
2: Bingo, that's the second time that Will has said it might be <laughs> recency bias.
0: Let's make it a trifecta. Should it go above <laughs> Animal Collective, James? <laughs> yes. This might be recency bias, but I'm going to say yes.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking the
0: same should thing. should it go above Oso oh, Oso?
1: Oh, I'm saying no for this.
0: I'm saying no too, which puts in at number five. I was not expecting this to go so high, but there it is.
3: I was just looking at um, the list as well, and I saw I like that you've got a Bong JR in there um, up at three. I was wondering though, like, have you have you reviewed um, Little Sims? Sometimes I may be introvert. We haven't.
1: No, we. If you ever it, do, then let it. me know
3: because that is one of my favorites. And yeah, it's I one of my favorites. I would definitely as well. put that really high. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, please invite me back if
0: you ever do that. If Little Sims releases a new record, you can come back on Freddy. Is it new records only? Yeah, is, is that the rule, Dan? Well, we don't know what we're doing for December yet. We haven't decided, so who knows? Yeah,
3: she's probably a way off now. That's That was 21, I think. So,
0: Right, let's get on to upcoming releases. What's coming out this week you need to know about. First off, Pixies, legendary college rock band, are releasing a new album called Dog Roll. Freddie Gibbs is releasing a new album called Soul Sold Separately with dollar signs for all of the S's. Uh, The A.A.S. are releasing a new album called Call It Down. Melody's Echo Chambers releasing an album called Unfold. Shy Girl, who I caught a little bit of at Forwards, uh, is releasing a new album called Nymph. Titus Andronicus are releasing a new album called The Will to Live. Drowning Pool, who longtime listeners will know as one of the worst reviewed albums in the history of Unmuted (laughs) Unmastered, are releasing an album called Strike a Nerve. Um, if you fancy punishing yourself, uh, Pixie, uh, a favorite of Tom's and a favorite of mine, is releasing mm. her debut album, Dreams, Pains, and Paper Planes. And finally, The Big Pink. Does anyone, here's a quiz question: Can anyone name The Big Pink's big single from the 2000s? No, from me, sorry.
3: Go
2: go, go go. I
3: can hear you typing. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs>
2: no way it's not these guys is it
0: yeah they did dominoes these girls fall like dominoes that track uh they're actually a pretty solid band they've released good albums they've got a new record coming out called the love that's ours that's it for upcoming release and that's it for the show thank you for listening thank you freddie for joining us thank you very much for having me it's been a great discussion if you'd like to hear more from us you should follow us you should subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice if you like to help the show grow, tell a friend about us, that's the best way to do it. If you want to hear more from us throughout the week, you can follow us on Twitter at Unmuted Weekly or on Instagram at Unmuted Unmastered. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at unmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is The Beths with Expert in a Dying Field.